and 2000 UTC. Stand up! Stand up! Stand up! Stand up! Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is Sunny Side of Sports. Right here on The Voice of America. Voice of America! Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the September 23rd edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. Let's kick off in Kampala, where Ugandan football fans celebrated Tony Mweje, the 35-year-old midfielder who recently announced his retirement. Mweje made 83 international appearances for the national team, nicknamed the Cranes. Magume Davis Rakowinge attended a testimonial match in honor of Tony and he joins us now. Sporty Friday greetings, Magume. Sporty Friday greetings to Tusani and our listeners. Football fans. Sang and dance songs in praise of Tony Maweje as participated in testimony match in Kampala. One of them is Edgar Watson. He has that final ball that he would release from the midfield and he would manage it and man it, killing these passes, passing going forward. So that is a difference that he has actually had. In our generation, we have not seen another midfield general like Tony Maweje currently. The match pitted former Uganda Cranes Stars against Uganda Cobs, Uganda's under 23 national football team. Stagger keeper, Murdy Sundowns, Dennis Onyango traveled thousands of kilometers to participate in Mawaji's testimonial. He says he has lots of respect for him. Fortunately, it's one of my former captains, one of the people that I met when, when I was joining the national team. So I had to make my way, and uh, whenever it's a football cause, I, I make my way when the circumstances are allowing. So, yeah, why not? Uh, for Tony, hopefully more players will come and play testimonial games in the next in the near future. He was your captain and eventually became the captain. What are some of the things that you learned from him? Being patient, working hard because... Uh, he was a very hard-working guy. We all know he's a very working guy. And being a human being, that's very important. You can't only play football. You must also be a nice person. That's when you become a good leader, and he has been doing that wherever he's played. Maweja started his career at then local club Masaka LC before joining Kampala City Authority Football Club in Uganda's top tier. He eventually played for several European clubs in Iceland, Norway, Albania, among others and says he has always been inspired by his humble background. I always wanted to achieve something, to do something for my people back home. So this has been always a drive in my life. And then the, the, you, you must have said that's something you really need, that, that, that's something you really need out of football. If you don't have what you need, that, that, your what, why, like why are you playing football? If you don't have why you are playing football, then you cannot achieve, achieve uh, anything in football. Diane Pisbagala, a sports commentator in Uganda, agrees. Aweje is an exceptional player because uh, rarely do you find a talented player who is, again, disciplined. So that is what describes Tony Maweje. He's a very dedicated player. For the time I saw him on the national team, he's some player you could see pouring out his heart for the national team, a player who lifts the team, a player who thinks the national team comes first before anything else. But even during retirement, 
Baweje will continue participating in the game he loves. He's starting an academy with an emphasis on the position also well, the midfield. Uganda, we are so blessed with a lot of talent, and we have to just come up together uh, to, to have a collective effort. The players, the ex-players, and everyone that really, really loves the game. Having played in both junior and senior national teams, Maweje says he retires a contented man, particularly as a member of the team that helped Uganda to qualify for the continental showpiece, the African Cup of Nations, after nearly four decades of absence. The memorable match. Yeah. I, I think the, the first match I played for my country, uh, my debut, uh, when I wore the, 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 the jersey for, for, for the national team and the national anthem was sung for me. That is something that will never go out of my memory. How was it? How did you feel? I felt so great. I felt so good. This is something I was always praying uh, as a kid to pray for my national team. So when it happened, I uh, only had to just be happy and thank God. God that it has happened. Yeah, also also when we qualified for Afcon, because we had always been pushing, pushing to go to get there. So when we made it there, it was really ma massive. It was really massive, and it was joy in our in our lives. For the sunny side of sports, I am Ogume, Davis Rwakarindi de Kampala, Uganda. <laughs>
The Boston Celtics have suspended their Nigerian-American head coach, Ime Udoka, for the entire 2022-2023 season for what's being described as an improper, intimate relationship with a female staffer. The AP's Dave Ferry reports. The Celtics have suspended head coach Ime Udoka for the upcoming season because of an improper relationship with a member of the organization. One of the people with knowledge of the situation says assistant coach Joe Mazzullo will take over on an interim basis. In a statement published by ESPN, Udoka apologized, quote, to our players, fans, the entire Celtics organization, and my family for letting them down. The Celtics are widely considered among the favorites to contend for an NBA title this season after fall two wins short of a championship in June. I'm Dave Ferry. Meanwhile, Ime Udoka is also trending on Twitter as we hear now from the AP's Oscar Wells Gabriel. The suspension of Boston Celtics head coach Ime Udoka for the upcoming NBA season has Twitter abuzz, and some of it has nothing to do with sports. Love and basketball, more like basketball and betrayal. Fans posting about the Ime Udoka suspension could not care less about how it's going to affect the Boston Celtics' chances of returning to the NBA Finals. Their beef is how it affects longtime fiancé Nia Long. Most on Twitter say they can't believe Udoka cheated on one of the most beautiful and popular actors available. One post says stepping out on Long is not something a sane man does. Another says it's proof we're in the end of days. A third says Udoka's future coaching prospects are shocked, and not just because of the scandal, it said after cheating on Long, no ball player would listen to another word that Yudoka said. I'm Oscar Wells Gabriel. Now let's go to the southern U.S. city of Charlotte, North Carolina, where Team USA leads an international squad 4-1 after the opening day of the President's Cup golf tournament. George McNeely reports from Charlotte. The United States is off to a 4-1 to lead following an opening day of five alternate shot matches here at Quail Hollow. Not much of a surprise when you take into consideration a depleted international team and how strong a U.S. team Captain Davis Love has been able to assemble. We just got to stay on our plan and keep trying to just win every match and win every session and um, let the outcome take care of itself. That outcome might have been a day one shutout had it not been for the stellar performances of Siwoo Kim and Cam Davis. Everyone on our team is capable of the golf that we played coming down the stretch, and if we can all bring it out at the same time this week, we can we can really get things going. So I'm excited to see what we've got coming up uh, the next couple of days, but at the same time, yeah, really proud of today. International captain Trevor Immelman watched as Davis and Kim rallied to finish two up on the powerhouse pairing of Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns. Immelman expecting big things from Davis, and he got them. I think he has an extremely high ceiling and a ton of potential. That's why I picked him. Uh, so for those guys to fight back, you know, we know Siwoo's ceiling. He, he's one at the highest level. But for them to finish strong like that, to eke out a point for us, uh, really is, uh, it's big psychologically. I mean, if we had, uh, if we had got whitewashed today, that, that would have been a tough pull to swallow. The Americans' first point on the scoreboard came courtesy of Patrick Cantley and Xander Schauffele, six and five winners over a pair of Masters champions, Adam Scott and Hideki Matsuyama. The international team of Sunjay M and Corey Connors fell two and one to Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. 
Meanwhile, Cameron Young and Colin Morikawa finished 2-1, defeating Tom Kim and K.H. Lee. Young setting the tone on the first tee box as he ripped a 319-yard opening drive. Having Colin as a partner definitely takes some pressure off me because I feel like, especially if I can just get it in the fairway, I'm going to have an 8- or 10-footer for birdie. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was everything I could have asked for and, and really... You know, a, a ton of fun to be out there with these guys and, and kind of watch the other matches go. And, um, you know, to to win um, my first one was really cool. The final match of the day did not disappoint as the score never got higher than two up for the Americans. Tony Finau and Max Holma prevented two of the international team's eight rookies, Taylor Pendrith and Mito Pereira, from picking up a point. They lost one up. Make no mistake. 4-1 is a commanding lead by Team USA. But one Trevor Immelman believes his young international team is fully capable of overcoming. Nobody here expects us to win. Uh, we got to have that belief deep down. Go out there and fight. This is, uh, we're up against maybe the strongest American team ever assembled on paper. So, you know, we do what we do. We run our system, and we get ready and prepare, and we play as hard as we can. Chips will fall where they may. Play continues through Sunday here at Quail Hollow in Charlotte, North Carolina, where the Americans look to build on their opening day 4-1 to lead. From the 14th President's Cup, for the sunny side of sports, I'm George McNeely. Thanks, George. We heard from South African golfer Trevor Immelman in George's report. Here are a few fun facts about Trevor. He was born in Cape Town, South Africa, and Trevor was born into a golfing family. His father, Johan, is the former commissioner of the Sunshine Golf Tour in South Africa. And when you have a show called The Sunny Side of Sports, you have to give a big thumbs up. For a golf tour called the Sunshine Golf Tour. Yes, the sunny side of sports. Thumbs up for the Sunshine Golf Tour. Getting back to Trevor Immelman, his older brother Mark is a broadcaster, teaching professional, and college golf coach. So you can say golf is definitely part of Trevor Immelman's family. Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Thanks, Heather. And as the Voice of America celebrates its 80th year of broadcasting, this Music Time in Africa historical note 
It's the VOA's longest-running English language program. That's right. It was founded in 1965 by the late, great Leo, the music man, Sarkeesian. And I certainly have fond memories of Leo. Just tremendous energy. He would charge around our office, tap you on the shoulder, and then he'd say something along the lines of, Yeah, man. Let's go. Yeah, man. And yeah, I was ready to go once I saw Leo. And a shout out for Heather Maxwell. She's certainly done a marvelous job as host of Music Time in Africa in recent years. Samson O'Malley joins us now with another extra spicy package of African sports news. And Samson says he'll be kicking off with some top African football teams that are competing in high-profile, friendly international matches. Sporty Friday greetings, Samson! Sporty Friday greetings to you too, Sonny. We'll begin the wrap of this weekend's Africa Sports with preparations for the 2022 Qatar World Cup, which is barely two months away. The African sides at the 2022 World Cup will play two friendlies over the next seven days as they seek to finalize their squads for the global tournament to be played in Qatar. The Black Stars of Ghana will take on Brazil on Friday in France before traveling to Spain to take on Nicaragua on Tuesday. Ghana Football Association Head of Communication is Henry Asante Trum. He speaks about the match against Brazil. It is a high-profile friendly match. Um, Brazil have won the World Cup on five occasions. They boast of top, top quality players um, across the globe. Um, they have um, a very good team as well, uh, led by Tite, the head coach. So um, it doesn't come easy to, to get to play against um, a side like Brazil. Also playing against the five-time world champions Brazil on September the 27th is Tunisia, who defeated Comoros Island 1-0 in Paris on Thursday. Cameroon have recalled their experienced players Nicolas Nkololu and George Manjek for warm-up in Asia against home side South Korea and Uzbekistan. Elsewhere, Senegal, one of Africa's highly fancied sides ahead of the tournament in Qatar, have lined up marches against Iran and Slovakia, while Morocco will play friendlies with Chile and Paraguay in Spain, as some players have also been recalled to boost the squad. Algeria Desert Foxes will trade tackles with Nigeria, and for the Super Eagles coach, Jose Pissarro, these tune-up games is also critical for the Super Eagles ahead of their preparations for the AFCON qualifiers. Uh, Algeria is a good team, good national team. Of course, the, our goal is win the, the next Afcon. But for for that, you need to create in the way, okay, in the way in the training, in the game also. You need to create the habit for to win. And now to Kenya, where the Football Kenya Federation Premier League clubs have warned that they will not take part in the 2022-2023 season if it will not be authorized by the world governing body FIFA. A caucus of Football Kenya Federation Premier League clubs threatened to boycott the upcoming FKF Premier League season if world football governing body FIFA does not lift the suspension on Kenya. FIFA suspended the FKF for what it termed government interference in football management a day after FKF President Nick Memwenwa reclaimed Kandanda House. Officials from 12 of 18 FKF Premier League clubs vow not to play in any competition unless it is sanctioned by FIFA. Raymond Oruo is the CEO of Gomahia Football Club. He spoke on behalf of the Premier League clubs. We had called this meeting even before any 
activities that have happened in the last 24, 48 hours. All we're saying is that as clubs, we are not going to get into a league that is taking us nowhere. To start off this season, we're not starting in a league that is not sanctioned. I think that, 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 that's our base. We shall pick it from there, but that is what we're saying at the moment. And now to Southern Africa, where the Council of Southern Africa Football Association Beach Soccer Championship gets underway this Sunday in Durban, South Africa. The tournament will be the perfect warm-up for teams ahead of the Big Soccer Africa Cup of Nations that will be staged in Mozambique from October 21st to the 30th. Four of the sides that will compete on the continent stage will also be in Durban, including African champions Senegal. Egypt, Uganda, and Mozambique. Malawi and Madagascar are the other Kosafa teams to play in the beach Afghan, but they could not make it to the Kosafa tournament due to logistical reasons. Godfrey, Lesbawa, and Shaka Sozi have been selected to play for the Uganda Sand Cranes. We have learned a lot of things and a lot of techniques. And uh, I know with the techniques we have learned, they will be good for us on the way where we are going, That is, which is... Kosafa and AFCON and our target is World Cup this time. We have done our last training so far. Everyone is in shape, ready for the Kosafa tournament in South Africa. We just promise you that we are going to do better. Still staying with Kosafa, the 2022 Under-20 Kosafa Youth Championship will be staged in Eswatini from October the 6th to the 16th, 2022. The finalists for the competition will qualify for the CAF Under-20 Afghan to be hosted by Egypt between February 16th to March 12th, 2023. And the competition will be a qualifier for the FIFA Under-20 World Cup scheduled for Indonesia later in 2023. Namibia is one of the teams that will be at next month's Kosafa Youth Championship. James Breeze is Namibia's Young Warriors coach. As a Namobian, you know, we always want to go further. We want to go one step further. Last time we ended second. We want to try and do one better. Um, and we believe it's possible. Fitness level at the moment, not we are not there yet. But I think we are getting better. And now to basketball. FIBA Africa has announced the clubs across Africa who will participate in the 2022 Road to the Basketball African League and the Elite 16 qualifying tournament for Season 3 of the Basketball African League next year. This year's Rotobal will take place across four African cities. It will get underway on October 11 and it will conclude on October 30th. 20 teams will be divided into four groups of five teams each, which will be split into East and West divisions. The teams that will finish in the first two places in Group A, B, C and D will qualify for the Elite 16 round, where they will join the six teams that qualified for the 2022 ball season through the Road to Ball Qualifier. And finally, in rugby news, the Springboks expect Argentina to come out all guns blazing in their final rugby championship match in Durban on Saturday, the 24th of September. Although South Africa and New Zealand are the title favorites, Argentina and Australia still have an outside chance of lifting the trophy. South Africa have a chance of stealing the rugby championship in the final game of an ultra-tight tournament against Argentina on Saturday. Springboks coach Jack Ninamba expects a tough clash against Argentina. If the results goes Australia's way, Argentina can win this rugby championship and they, they are here with a mission to win the rugby championship for the first time, just as we are. So uh, it's going to be... It's going to be uh, a humdinger of a game in terms of that. Uh, uh, they, 
they're a passionate team like we are. They're playing for their country. They're playing for a rugby championship just like we are. That's Jacques Nienaber, the head coach of South Africa's national men's rugby team, the Springboks. And thanks to Samson O'Malle for that big package of African sports news. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Hi, I'm Kim Lewis. Join me and our panel of journalists as we discuss the top stories of the week, including world leaders gather in New York for the 77th U.N. General Assembly to address overlapping crises such as food insecurity, humanitarian crises, and the war in Ukraine. We'll examine this and more on Issues in the News this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. Thanks, Kim. More basketball news. Iron Mike and Bonye recently caught up with former NBA player Olumide Oyadeji, who reflected on the 22-year history of his foundation that teaches boys and girls the sport. First of all, I give glory to Almighty God for making it possible. It's been a long journey for the last 22 years and uh, been all over the world with the foundation. And I have over... 40,000 youth that passed through this foundation. So it's been something that's been really great, challenging, uh, success stories here and there, and uh, just amazing. I can't believe it's 22 years right now. Can we know about some of the players that have passed through the academy and are doing very well now? Oh, yeah, definitely. We have a couple of them. So we have Charles Bassey with the 76 Philadelphia. We have Efemina uh, uh, Bogiri with the G League Ignite. We have uh, Joshua Ojiwona with Belo University. We have uh, Samuel Aribe with uh, University of Washington. Uh, we have with, uh, just many, many more of them. And uh, also we have like, uh, Balogun. Janet Balogun that played for the Tigress. We have Rashida that played with the Tigress. Akachili played with the Tigress. Adija Kindele you know, played with the Tiger was in the camp. Uh, as well as uh, uh, Daniel Ochefu, who's been in the camp, who was kind of just also in the camp. Just uh, when you're talking about entertainer, you can talk about CDQ, uh, you can also talk about Vector. I'm also talking about Kafi uh, Kafaya, who actually got a scholarship. So we have bankers, we have engineers, we have doctors, and so many more. You've inaugurated a new basketball project. Can you tell us about it? The project that we have right here now is um, Generation Next Basketball Showcase. So Generation Next Basketball Showcase is a tournament that we have for under-17. Where they're going to show, their, where they're going to showcase their talent. All the academies in Lagos, we start from Lagos and the environment comes together about 32. So they're going to play, and from this we're going to pick 60 to have a um, generation next basketball classic. So total of about 28 games going to be played by each team. Over 560 games that will be played. The Generation Next project, is it going to be continuous or is it just one of a thing that we just hold now and then it's all over? Well, as long as the God spare my life and God give me opportunity, I will continue to do what I do, what I love to, what give me passion, what give me joy. 
and what God sent me to do, I will continue to do that by God's grace. And do you have plans to take it beyond the shores of Nigeria for, oh, let's say, West African sub-region? Oh, definitely. We have other African countries talking to me right now, travel, want me to come out there and do it. But definitely, we're taking them. Oh, we understand that two of your sons have taken the basketball. I mean, actually, yes, two of them are t taking basketball. They're doing well, but um, the one of them actually dropped uh, basketball recently for modeling. It's like it's a model for Louis Vuitton, Gucci, all the sort of one in New York. It's a big-time model. It's an upcoming model. And another one is uh, going to IT, and also is very good in soccer. He's looking at MLS. But while my two other three younger kids took it passionate, uh, both of them in the age class here, yeah, like a top 20, top 30 in this age class in the, in the state of Florida playing basketball. And my son, my last son, just played basketball, just like uh, the ordinary in the family. They are doing well. And uh, what about the girls in your family? Are they also interested in the game? I mean, the girls are actually more interested than the boys. The, my last son, very passionate, interested too, but the girls are actually doing well. And uh, hopefully, by God's grace, we're going to hear about them. See them play for the Nigerian national team down the road. That's former NBA player Olumide Oyedeji. And he spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye in Lagos, Nigeria. And that wraps up the September 23rd edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in and have a nice weekend. I get it. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports.